Praise the Lord. Please turn in your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 5. People are desperate. Their condition, desperate. Whether they know it or not, or perhaps an unwillingness to admit, a world in need of saving, a world in need of Jesus. There is no hope outside of Jesus Christ. There is no real freedom. There is no salvation. And no matter the flow of life, one without Christ is in a desperate situation. They may not know it. They may ignore it or refuse to admit it so. And yet we know by the Word of God the truth. People need Jesus. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 16, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. This is who we are. This is what we are called to be. 1 Peter 3, verses 15 and 16, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience. You know, the Lord desires that His people testify. That those that have been saved, those that have been rescued, sons and daughters that are following Him, that His disciples, Testify. Be a witness, to bear witness, to bear record, to affirm that one has seen or heard or experienced something, or that he knows it because taught by divine revelation or inspiration, to give and not to keep back, to give testimony, to utter honorable testimony, to give a good report, to conjure to implore. You know, the Lord is trusting in His people that they testify, that a clarion call goes forth, that the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ be evident in the earth and proclaimed in the earth, that a perishing people might believe and follow. How does one testify? in speech, and in conduct. The fruit of our lips and the proof of our actions 
verbal communication and visible character. You see, the two go hand in hand. And we know the seriousness of the call. Mark chapter 7, verse 6, he answered and said to them, Well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Titus 1, 16, they profess to know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable, disobedient, disqualified for every good work. Luke 6, 46, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Matthew 7, verses 21 to 23, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name, then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. These are serious scriptures. And we know what the word says. 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, that is training and discipline, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. 1 Peter 2, 15 and 16, For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. As free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, that is wickedness, but as bondservants of God. The Lord would have his people testify. He's counting on us to testify. In speech and in conduct. The fruit of our lips and the proof of our actions. Verbal communication and visible character. 1 John 2, 1-6, my little children... These things I write to you, so you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Now by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he 
walked. Clear as day. Oh, there was a man sent from God. The man's name, John. Each of us is sent of God into the world as salt, as light, to bear witness, to confess Christ, to testify. John chapter 1, verses 6 to 8, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. John 1.15, John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me. Literally ranks higher than I, for he was before me. We know the great role John played as one that prepared the way. This man, his speech and his action was consistent. What else would be fitting for a man or woman sent of God? John, a man that cried out, Behold the Lamb of God. And he himself was right there. Church, the life must fit the testimony. The words of Leonard Ravenhill, Testimonies are wonderful. But so often our lives don't fit our testimonies. The Lord would use people to testify. The Lord would set his people testifying, send them out to bear witness. In speech and in conduct. Romans 10, 8 to 15. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then we read these words. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. 
We are called to preach the pure gospel of Jesus Christ. We are called and commissioned to go forth and to testify in speech and in action. And we cannot let lack of response silence us. The message of the gospel must go forth. Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. I've spoken of the little maid of Israel, a young daughter of the Lord and the power of her witness. Let's take in the account today, 2 Kings chapter 5, beginning of verse 1. Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus said the girl who is from the land of Israel. Then the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. Then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, Now be advised when this letter comes to you that I have sent Naaman my servant to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. And it happened when the king of Israel read the letter that he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and make alive? That this man sends a man to me to heal him of leprosy? Therefore, please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. So it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes that he sent to the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariot and stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. But Naaman became furious. And he went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, He will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Are not the Abana and the Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more than when he says to you, wash and be clean. 
So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. And he returned to the man of God, he and all his aides, and came and stood before him, and he said, Indeed, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. A man with a very real need. A mighty man, yet a leper. It is incredible what took place because a little maid took it upon herself to testify. Think about it. A little maid moves a captain of war by her confession of faith, by her testifying of healing power. She testified of the very thing this man was desperate for. And he travels the distance. He is given the instruction of the Lord, reluctance and pride worked out of him, washed and cleansed, flesh restored like the flesh of a little child. And what a declaration of faith. The man testifies, indeed, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. A youth. 1 Timothy 4, verse 12, let no one despise your youth. Verses 12 to 16 in the J.B. Phillips New Testament, don't let people look down on you because you are young. See that they look up to you because you are an example to them in your speech and behavior, in your love and faith and sincerity. We're talking about a life of testimony that fits a testimony. Concentrate until my arrival on your reading, get in the Word, and on your preaching and teaching. Never forget that you received the gift of proclaiming God's Word when the assembled elders laid their hands on you. Give your whole attention, all your energies to see things, to these things, so that your progress is plain for all to see. Keep a critical eye both upon your own life and on the teaching you give. And if you continue to follow the line I have indicated, you will not only save your own soul, but the souls of many of your hearers as well. What a text. Let no one despise your youth, young person, and don't you despise your youth. Be an example in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. And even those young in the faith in the house of the Lord today, follow Christ and be an example in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity, do not despise. Do not say you are too young. You have the confession of faith, the testifying power that can lead a leper to healing, that can move a captain of war, that can alter life, that can help in the securing of eternity. God has sent you to speak. God has sent you to be an example. 
and we all have to run with this. The little maid was fully convinced. No doubt. No doubt, as she testified. Remember Jeremiah? A young man called to the Lord. Called to speak that which the Lord would have him speak. And here we see this form of testifying. What would Jeremiah's response be to such a call? Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 6 to 9, Then said I, Oh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you. I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Listen, no matter what age we are here today, the Lord would have us testifying. We know the power. We know there is power in testifying. And yet our responsibility is to testify regardless of the reception. The very words of Jesus, John 3, verse 11, Most assuredly I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. The Lord would have us immovable. Acts 20, 24, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy in the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. The NLT reads, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Let's go on testifying. Testify of the goodness of the Lord. Testify of healing power. Testify of deliverance, of the provision of the Lord. Testify of the wonder of his house. Testify of all he has done, of who he is. Let the world know. Testify that people might be saved from this generation. Acts 2.40 and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Testify to everyone. Acts 20, 21, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks. Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Revelation 12, 11, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. We know this speaks concerning us. This is how we overcome. And yet take it further, for I am fully convinced that blood-bought believers, as they testify, have the anointing to overcome on behalf of others. Let's be strengthened today. Let faith rise today. Let us know the power of our God and let us testify 
the words of Martin Luther, the God we worship is not a weak and incompetent God. He is able to beat back gigantic waves of opposition and to bring low, prodigious mountains of evil. The ringing testimony of the Christian faith is that God is able. Let's hold to what is right, and let's speak what the Lord would have us speak in this time in history. Charles Spurgeon said, The religion of both Old and New Testaments is marked by fervent, outspoken testimonies against evil. To speak smooth things in such a case may be sentimentalism, but it is not Christianity. It is a betrayal of the cause of truth and righteousness. Let's pray to God that we never lose our testimony. A.W. Tozer said, the church has lost her testimony. She has no longer anything to say to the world. Her once robust shout of assurance has faded away to an apologetic whisper. She who one time went out to declare now goes out to inquire. Her dogmatic declaration has become a respectful suggestion, a word of religious advice given with the understanding that it is, after all, only an opinion and not meant to sound bigoted. Pure Christianity, instead of being shaped by its culture, actually stands in sharp opposition to it. <laughs> the pure gospel of Jesus Christ. I hear the words of the psalmist David, Psalm 71. Verses 15 to 19, my mouth shall tell of your righteousness and your salvation all the day. For I do not know their limits. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of your righteousness, of yours only. O oh God, you have taught me from my youth, and to this day I declare your wondrous works. Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O oh God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. Also your righteousness, O oh God, is very high. You have done great things, O oh God, who is like you. Verse 24, my tongue also shall talk of your righteousness all the day long. Church, let's believe that as we testify, the Lord is going to work wonders. Psalm 19.7, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. As we testify, as we speak the law of the Lord, the Lord is at work. And souls shall be converted, and the sure testimony shall make wise the simple. Let's have the worship team return as we prepare for baptism. We've got to tell people about Jesus. Ask the Lord, Lord, put forth your hand and touch my mouth. Put your word in me, Lord. Further words of Spurgeon, we have often asserted, and we affirm it yet again, that no fact in history is better attested than the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It must not be denied and any who are willing to pay the slightest respect to the testimony of their fellow men that Jesus, who died upon the cross and was buried in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, did literally rise again from the dead. 
I ask you today, do you know Jesus? I testify today, and there are those in this room that can testify of the only one who can save you, the only one who can set you free, the only one who can satisfy your soul, bring you into right relationship with the Father, the only one who can heal you, the only one who can turn your life profitable for eternity. There is salvation in no other name. One name. And that name is Jesus. Any here today that need to start testifying? We've let off because of lack of response. We've deemed our testifying as little or insignificant. Any here today that need things rightly said in speech and in conduct, the fruit of our lips and the proof of our actions, verbal communication and visible character. Listen, we've all received this ministry from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. There was a woman in the Bible, she had an encounter with Jesus. We don't have time to go over the encounter. But we read in John 4, 39, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified, He told me all that I ever did. And then we come to verse 42. Verse 42, And said to the woman, Now we believe not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. It's baptism time. The Bible says, repent, be baptized, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Baptism is the way of the Lord for his people. Some might like to think of it as an add-on or an option for the Christian. Repent, be baptized, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. This is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. I love baptism services. Let the testifying begin. <laughs>